Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4128 of the Bugle Audio Newspaper for a Visual World, the publication which uncovers the truth and then covers it up again in a comforting layer of bullshit. It's just better that way for everyone. I am Andy Zaltzman once again in our London bunker, underground, hermetically sealed from the outside world. Well, it's a recording studio, it's fairly basic. Uh, last night, I went to see an old friend do his first ever stand-up comedy gig at the end of a, a comedy course uh, with a load of other people also doing their first ever gig. Today, very much the other end of the experience seesaw uh, with my guests. <laughs> <laughs> Two stalwarts of the British comedy world. Al Murray, who I think supported George Formby on his... Uh, yeah. 1947 Banjo Megadictor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did I did open for George, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mark Steele, who played the opening night of Hadrian's Wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Died, mean, actually. But, uh, <laughs> tough luck- crowd. Yeah. Luckily, there was... Uh, <laughs> luckily, there was no one there to record it. Uh, to leg it all the way to Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> so, not often I get to enjoy being the youth policy on the view. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, George Forby, in 1947, was... Um, very much an activist. He was yes, an anti-apartheid activist. He got yeah. thrown out of South Africa for insisting black people were at his gig. Yeah. His, was... And his wife was his manager once she was, yeah, re- yeah. She was really like really front foot with Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, was. With, with it, yeah. Yeah, she was also a militant atheist and he used to go to church every Sunday and they used to have great big squabbles about that as well. This yeah. is what happens when you get two human encyclopedias <laughs> onto a show. <laughs> <laughs> I spent I spent over a decade building up the bugle to be somewhere where fat was not allowed played no part in this and you guys come on the, and the South it. African mini I can't remember I suppose it would be the foreign minister but the person responsible for all this said to Mr and Mrs Formby one night uh, you are not to have any more black people in the audience causing great embarrassment and in front of a big crowd she said it is recorded piss off you're a horrible little man yeah and uh, that's the point at which they were escorted out of the country <laughs> yeah there we go brilliant yeah yeah, that's the sound of them being escorted <laughs> out of the country. Also, Gracie Fields, militant Trotskyist. Yeah. Fought in the Red Army. <laughs> um, so this is uh, issue 4128 of the Bugle. Are you sure? Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's the number, the up-to-date number of reasons to impeach Donald Trump. Um, we're recording on the 1st of November, which is World Vegan Day. And uh, to mark this, this issue of the Bugle has been written on meat-free paper made from trees rather than the normal vellum parchment made from calfskin. And <laughs> I'm writing this down with an octopus, though. <laughs> no animals will be drowned during this recording, so it's uh, lucky John Oliver's not on this show anymore. He loves to submerge a ferret in a large bucket whilst performing. <laughs> Why do you think he's always behind a desk? Join the dots, people. Uh, it's also uh, today's Love Your Lawyer Day, apparently, 1st of November. Uh, that's every day for me, in case my lawyer wife is listening. Uh, that's my, my one wife who is a lawyer. I don't have a, a lawyer wife and other wives <laughs> covering all the other major professions. <laughs> On this day in 1503, Pope Julius II was elected Pope. Uh, his nicknames were the Warrior Pope and the Fearsome Pope, which are not traditional Pope qualities these days, being uh, a warrior and being No, no, fearsome. no. But back then you had to be a badass if you were Pope, yeah. didn't you? I guess, I mean, it's when you're Pope, you've just got to Pope what you see in front of you at the time. Yeah. You can't stick rigidly to a set no. Poping tactic. You've got to Pope on instinct. Who was his manager? Uh, <laughs> was he a Borgia? Sure. It's that kind of that oh, time, sure kind of time isn't it? But he did commission the Sistine Chapel ceiling um, from uh, Mickey Paintbrush himself. And that was exhibited to the public for the first time on this day in 1512. 
and this is also the first anniversary of me telling you that last year as well. He fell out with Leonardo, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, they had a terrible fight. I mean, that just sounds... How has that never been made into a sitcom? (laughs) (laughs) Or you with your ceiling off! (laughs) (laughs) Flick, flick. (laughs) That woman, she's miserable. Why you paint her? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, uh, today was supposed to be the... uh, at uh, one 365th year anniversary of Brexit happening. Mm. Uh, this was supposed to be the beginning of, of freedom. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, we're 12 we were... hours into our robbed freedom, yes. 12 hours and 15 minutes. I don't know how you feel about it, but I shouldn't have bought those um, Independence Day <laughs> <laughs> October 31st pins. If my dad was still alive, he'd have bought, he'd have bought them. I remember him buying a, a plate to commemorate Colin Cowdery's 100th century. <laughs> saying that's going to be worth a fortune in years to come son well to be honest if you stick that on ebay i'll probably bid quite a lot for it uh, for our american listeners that may be that is quite a niche cricket reference uh, must be the first colin cowdery reference we've had uh, on the bugle uh, th- this was supposed to be be freedom freedom day the day after freedom day we were supposed to have brex blasted ourselves to a glorious uh, glorious new future uh mark francois um, had predicted that Britain would explode if Brexit did not happen on the 31st of October. The evidence suggests that that has not entirely happened yet. I think he exploded. Mm. Yes. Uh, I'm told. And the police have sealed off the area around his house <laughs> and have been warned, public have been warned not to approach any of the bits. Francois fallout would be awful, wouldn't it? You've got Francois all over you. I'd be like Krakatoa. People would go, do you know it covered one sixth of the globe? <laughs> Sheep with <laughs> Francois all over them. Can't eat those bits. You can't eat the land. People in the Ukraine. What is this that has landed here? <laughs> well, we are headed for an extended winter, I think. Um, uh, as always, our section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin. Uh, this week, uh, the charity month of November is upon us once again. Uh, Movember, uh, where men grow moustaches for charity. But there are more options this year. Uh, there's... Um, Fovember, where you are sponsored per enemy made, which can be quite lucrative in, in this day and age. Nosevember, uh, now it doesn't take much commitment to wear a moustache for a month in this age of trendy facial hair, uh, but Nosevember is encouraging people to wear a large prosthetic nose for a month. Uh, that shows real commitment to your charity. Flovember, where you only accept medical care that would have been available to Florence Nightingale during the Crimean War. <laughs> Quovember is also available when you only listen to status quo for the entire month. Do get psychiatric assistance if you uh, do that. Um, also, coming up next year imaginary january where you divorce yourself from all reality for a month that i don't see how that is different from any other month of the year uh, uh grapeful which is a wine awareness month and uh coptober where you take policing into your own hands for a month by forming your own vigilante force and performing citizens arrests on anyone you think might have done something wrong at uh, that charity section in the bin Top story this week. Uh, well, we didn't get Brexit, but we are getting uh, an election um, which is going to be about Brexit, uh, but also leave a, uh, potentially a government in place for five years. We're going to vote our way out of this, man. We are going to vote, 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 vote until it goes away. <laughs> but, but, but by not actually voting on, on it. On, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's the world's most oblique election. Exactly. You know, the, 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 
It's, I, I mean, I'm actually sort of a, a little bit in love with what's happening at the moment. <laughs> I love it. It's sort of dazzling. Oh, we're dead. The more, when I get the paper in the morning, I, I sort of dazzle the dead look. <laughs> look away. It's a soap it's, opera that has long since gone past the point where you go, oh, no, the equivalent of a yeah. plane crashing in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the street that the soap opera's yeah. in and stuff. And, you know, one of the main characters turns out to be in Oasis or something. We've gone way past. <laughs> we've gone way past that now. We think, oh, no. Who's written this yeah. now? I wish I could read the history book about this from from 150 years time. You know, yes, and 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 go. Oh, well, that's really what that's really what was causing it all. Because it's, it's we're in the thicket of it's. A, mm. I mean, I'm like I say, I'm sort of in love with it. I'm in love with how ridiculous it is. <laughs> I love that they shut Parliament in order to defend Parliament democracy. I just yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah, well, yeah, do that. Why not? I love it. Yeah, Nothing would surprise you. Yeah, exactly. With and feline plus, we're only allowed to Europe through a flap and we all have to shit in a tray. <laughs> That's the result of it. Nothing. If, you just, if they all, oh, Emily Thornbury campaigned naked today in a canoe. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but is that, is that thing, but it, I mean... And all all the time backing this up has been, you know, the country's going to explode. There will be riots if we don't leave, and it, that has not happened. No. So they really got. They're going to have to stow that, aren't they? Yes. As an argument, as well, a, I'm going to have to organise some riots. Well, or organise some riots. <laughs> yes, yeah, Reece yeah. Mogg. Yeah. I wanted my fifty p to be worth something. <laughs> also, I mean, behind this, we had the uh, the Conservative government when it came in under Cameron passed the fixed term Parliament Act. Yeah. One of the least necessary pieces of legislation in the glorious British history of unnecessary legislation that was supposed to re- fix the term of Parliament, hence the name, uh, and thus reduce the number of times we were inconvenienced by the democracy we keep erroneously being told or we're obsessed with in this country. <laughs> and under the Fixed Term Parliament Act, this will be the now the third election yeah. in four years, just what the British public has been aching for, six weeks of concentrated bullshit, bullshattered into their haggard, resigned faces. These are curious democratic times indeed and as is the conservative slogan which is britain deserves better which is a a perfectly reasonable if anodyne slogan if you are the opposition but when you have been in power for we deserve better than this utter rubbish stupid useless hideous monstrous government that has been ruining the country for nine years we've been into that oh Oh, is it it, well we've printed the leaflets now (laughs) yeah of all the of all the slogans, <laughs> look. Uh, admittedly, we were in. We've been in, and we've been shit. But vote for us again. Yes, in case it, it gets worse. In case it gets worse. <laughs> and each time the slogan is, "You'll oh, there'll be Labour getting. There'll be a terrible, terrible mess." People may recall there will be. It is either stability with us or yeah. chaos with Ed Miliband. Yeah. And uh, luckily, <laughs> we didn't have any chaos at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then strong and stable. Yeah. And <laughs> also, we've had uh, Boris Johnson, the Archduke of Absolute Drivel, um, who's been warning people that Brexit would be delayed under Jeremy Corbyn. Now, this is a man who delayed Brexit himself by voting repeatedly yeah. against Theresa May's so-called deal, and then delayed Brexit again by chickening out of putting his own so-called deal through Parliament now warning people that Corbyn will yeah, but that's what this is. What, how this this is how this whole thing works is 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 that that is simply characteristic of what's happening. You know, it's it's this. We lost control of our borders in a country on an island where we haven't got any, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to lose control of taking back of the borders we haven't got because of another island with a border that we've forgotten about. <laughs> 
it's like it's it's sort of perfect i'm 51 now and i'm starting to wonder whether this isn't all a simulation right <laughs> oh, like the matrix yeah i'm a brain in a jar and uh, <laughs> and none of this is actually happening you know because I, I the other day i met I, I ran into someone who knew someone from school you know from my old school and this, this that's impossible there's there's more than 150 people in the world surely right <laughs> and, and, and what's happening now just feels like it feel it does like you i mean you're joking about being a, like a soap opera but it feels written it feels yes, like a like yeah. we're living in a parable about about the limits of of the limits of uh wisdom or something you know and, and one day they'll tell this story as an amazing as an amazing fable and you wonder, it might, was it like this during the Corn Laws and stuff? But then it, that was relatively short, wasn't it, compared to? Yeah, this? yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's what you know. If you look at if you look at historic crises, they tend to they tend to sort of um, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, even the Civil War was only yeah. sort of eighteen years from beginning to end, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, well, yearly yeah. sort of thing. So. <laughs> Uh, this is going to way, way go yeah, past that. There's going to be people as yet not born who, uh, when they're 40, are going to go, I wonder if it'll ever end. Yeah. Well, people keep <laughs> joking about how... It, people keep joking about there'll be a ceremonial thing every year where, where the EU grants the UK an extension and no one will know what... You know, like 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 why do get, but guardsmen wear bearskins? You know, <laughs> yes. like, no, no, one really, no one really knows anymore. And they'll go through this ritual and... Uh, I assume that was like a lunch thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's a lunch thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just so many people full of... Uh, us, uh, I, I was sort of um, came across a tactical. Well, somebody showed it me a tactical voting website, and because uh, I thought, well, I suppose the argument here is that if you're against Brexit or if you particularly don't like Boris Johnson or whatever, because it seems to be in two blocks, doesn't yeah. it? There's on the one hand Farage and Boris Johnson support Brexit, and they are of a certain political persuasion, and then you've got everybody else. Yeah, really, the dis disillusioned conservatives, yeah. liberals the nationalists in Wales and Scotland liberals and uh, and Labour but they're they're all scrambling for the votes between them almost yeah. as if they don't care if they lose as long as they get so the Liberal Democrats sort of seem, their position seems to be we don't care if a sociopath runs the country <laughs> as long as we go up to 23% in Reading West yeah and uh I, oh, I saw, I saw one, web, one of these websites, a tactical voting one, where it says, oh, who's got the best chance of beating Boris Johnson? And the Liberal one, it said, it was North East Somerset. 38% is a graph. 38% Conservative, 32% Liberal, 8% Labour. Oh, all right. And then at the bottom, it said, this is from a poll where people were asked... Who would you vote for if the contest was only between the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats? <laughs> <laughs> and no other party stood a chance. So that's... Oh, you might as well say, who would you vote for, assuming the Labour candidate was Hitler? <laughs> but, I mean, this is one of the, the great problems that we have with our electoral system. It basically means for the vast majority... Of voters, that's what I mean. That basically means for a well, a huge proportion of the voters in this country, there is no, absolutely no point in voting for what you actually believe in. So, therefore, we have no way of knowing what the country actually thinks. Now, clearly, as a nation, we well, don't I believe like... in Father Christmas, and he's not on the <laughs> balance sheet, is he? Well, yeah, as a nation, we don't like to say what we actually feel. We've developed an entire way of communication that relies on uh, obfuscation and, and hinting, and you know, many marriages have survived decades longer than they would otherwise have done, thanks to that. There are huge 
social structures for the avoidance of genuine expressions of emotion. And none is more Im- more impressive than our voting system, which kind of forces people not to vote in, in line with what they think. And this is illustrated by this party election broadcast, which came out today. Do you care about the environment? Do you think the economy should be run sustainably at local, national and global levels and with the goal of social justice fundamental to policy making? Do you believe in electoral reform and an informed participatory democracy and a nation that demands social responsibility from its business? Then why not vote for the Green Party? Because it's f***ing pointless, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Under first past the post, you might as well smear a dead ferret's blood on your ballot paper and post it to NASA marked plan for an intergalactic rocket made of ferret's blood as vote green, you idealistic hippie. Hold your nose and vote Labour or Conservative like a good boy and or girl. We've got it f***ing sewn up. It's what we fought the wars for. May not apply if you live in Brighton. Paid for by the British Association of Vested Interests. (laughs) So it's... I mean, even you know, all this, this, the public must have their say, and then we have to speak in tongues. That's beautiful, Andy. Thank yeah. you. You've, you've re- you actually reached a poetic moment there. <laughs> That's got to be a first. I mean, issue 4,128. There's never been actual poetry on this show. <laughs> I don't know. I t- sometimes I sort of hit a, 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 tab, a, tab, a plateau of weary resignation, yeah. and I'm happier then. Yeah. And then occasionally, and I know there's going to be one opinion poll that's going to show that the lead has shrunk and Labour are only 34 behind. <laughs> and I'm going to go, oh, there's a bit of hope. <laughs> but my, I mean, the thing that, you know, obviously everything becomes personal in the end. right? This, this election's happening on my um, youngest daughter's birthday. Wow. That. <laughs> it's ruined. It's ruined. I want to spend a day with a toddler, you know, um, having oh. fun, not going, oh, Christ, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? It's like they f***ing ru- they This government have ruined everything. My daughter's birthday <laughs> included. And I'm not, I'm really, I'm, uh, when, when take the day, a cake down to the polling station. Well, I suppose, yeah, but it means the nursery's shut. Oh, so I've got to look after her. That's the actual. Oh, that's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> that's the actual ball like here. <laughs> Proper British parenting. <laughs> it's just it has actually ruined the day. Going to have to think about worry about this shit on her birthday. Anyway, but I, quite, I like I do like it. I feel I never feel so grown up as when I'm voting. Mm. I just sort of I still have that thrill of like. Oh, I'm trusted with this. A bit like know, hiring, a, hiring a car is the thing that makes me feel really grown oh, up. Oh, yeah, you got, you mad? <laughs> yeah, you can you, you give me the keys? You've never, you've never seen me drive. I mean, in, it may, maybe these are these are pretty similar, actually. You know, no, you're allowed yeah, to vote, yeah. and, and yet. Uh, are you suggesting voting licenses? I, I think I think I probably am. A voting, <laughs> you have to do a test, maybe a license. Well, and should there then be like a, a phase where you have a, like a provisional voting license, so you don't get all these kids who suddenly qualify to vote and just go out and yeah, rat- definitely. Oh, around the truth. I think we're on. To, I think we're definitely onto something here. Breathalysers. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they did in Zimbabwe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the number of. Sitting MPs who are not standing in in this mm. coming uh, election, a number of, uh, um, sort of decades long, uh, a number of experienced Conservatives have been basically kicked out of the party for uh, having a, a different opinion to their uh, crazed leader. And uh, a number of female politicians are quitting politics due to the horrific abuse they receive on social media for the crime of uh, having a womb. Um, and uh, I'm not sure we're entirely using freedom of speech that we fought all those world wars for quite the way we should be in terms of you know, the interaction between politicians. It's my unalienable right to call a female MP a f- 
fucking cow. <laughs> right? Back off. It's like, Back her- off. It's like inheriting a Stradiver- Stradivarius violin and using it as a practice urinal. I mean, you, you can do it, but, but you shouldn't do it. A friend of mine actually tweeted about this this morning, and the uh, replies are a, a sewer of of oh, oh the, yeah, yeah. you know, and and not just of not just of well they should shut up then or get it you know they brought it on themselves. You think oh God, Christ, yeah, you, uh, think that through just for a moment, uh, and and then like the men get abused as well, to, just just yeah. refusing to address it. I mean it's it's really it is I mean it is grim and the and the sort of um the state of discourse. At the moment, is is horrible. Isn't it's it? really horrible. I mean, well, I've said some for some time. I think it is actually impossible to come up with any collection of words that you could put on Twitter that wouldn't get a load of abuse. <laughs> True. So you could put, uh, "I'm enjoying a delightful sunset across Dorset this evening," and someone would reply, <laughs> "Not so delightful if you suffer from sunset aversion, <laughs> Dorset syndrome." Actually, <laughs> have a thought for sad sufferers in the future, you twat. <laughs> uh, uh, and it, it, so. <laughs> I'd put a thing, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I put some inane, stupid thought on Twitter when the election was called that basically the choice is between people who have f***ed up the country because they're sociopathic, embittered, privileged sadists and people who have f***ing up everything up because they mean well but just can't get their shit together. <laughs> and that's sort of... And I thought I was sort of being quite partisan yeah. in a way. But, of course, then the abuse from... Yeah. The sort of Corbyn dialogue. Oh, dear you! No, it isn't actually! We have a f***ing idiot! I'm so twats! Just yeah. stop it! Yeah. Don't take everything literally yeah. and just... Oh, that's going to work on the doors. Oh. Hello, are you going to vote Labour? Well, I might do, but I'm not sure about Mr Corbyn. You Blairite scum! <laughs> yeah, well, scum! Well, f*** off and join the Tories. Is the, the, yeah. well, uh, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, that you get, you see, when you see that, f*** off and join the Tories, you think, you know, that's really, it's an election, it's a really, that is really bad advice. Yeah, we did really well. I've locked on 40 doors and I persuaded all 40 people to do as I said. They're all going to vote for you. No, they've all off and join the Tories. <laughs> the whole street. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's five weeks, is it? Six weeks? Of uh, this shit? Six weeks, but it will seem like a f- of a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Christmas as well. Yes, and also, I mean, fighting if, for survival. They have not thought of Christmas. Christmas has been under attack now for a really long yes. time. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, which is why it's swollen up like a pufferfish into August. <laughs> <laughs> but Christmas is under attack, and and this is going to get in the way of defending Christmas. Well, this is the the problems of the logistics of a winter election because generally our elections are uh, are in April or May. Yeah. Christmas has had to be delayed by four days because of the twelfth of December election, meaning that Advent can only start on the thirteenth of December, <laughs> so that it is not politically biased. Uh, <laughs> Even then, by speeding up uh, the time of Advent, that means Christmas, the earliest Christmas can fall is the 29th of December. And Santa may just bin Britain off this year. Well, Santa wears a red outfit. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. How political is that? He's going to have to wear, like, a red outfit with a... Half red, yeah. half blue. Or come round twice with well, different. Well, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not going to come round with electoral broadcasting. He's not going to come round on the night of the twenty eighth or the 29th And I quote from his official press release: "I don't f-ing get out of bed until January the tenth, as per." So, <laughs> the bugle will be the official podcast of the uh, British election for the next six weeks. World news now, and, uh, well, assassination news. Uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the uh, ISIS uh, leader and renowned deranged mega 
uh, has <laughs> in uh, well the words. When I used... come on this, I was. <laughs> What's the language policy? I can never remember. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there it is. Um, as I, I think it was John. John, you might remember this, Chris. John Sainu, the wrestler, talking about Osama bin Laden. When we cover that, he's compromised to a permanent end. He was uh, uh, killed in a, uh, in a in an operation. Uh, Baghdadi uh, was tracked down using his own underpants. This was a delightful detail of this. He he had his underpants stolen by a local Syrian undercover spy, then analysed. To prove that they were, that it was definitely him. <laughs> they were analysed by underpants specialists who proved that they were the kind of pants that only a really awful terrorist warlord would wear. Um, his uh, um, Al Baghdadi's gimp mask and bondage kit also returned positive samples, and the karaoke machine hacked into in his lair had uh, a, a minute, absolutely appalling playlist that proved he must have been uh, an irretrievable shithead. So they knew who it was. He was then uh, killed in an American operation, uh, buried like his predecessor. Uh, as world shit of the year Osama bin Laden at sea which again raises the horrifying prospect that next time you go swimming in the sea or surfing or whatever uh, you might accidentally swallow a molecule that used to be part of well, and, Al and, and if there's a Francois fallout shower as well I mean, <laughs> it's a double whammy keep your mouth shut when you're in the sea uh, Donald Trump described uh, the uh, the operation uh, said they did a lot of shooting and they did a lot of blasting which uh, Money. It's good to have that level of uh, insight into the intricacies. Like listening of the, to yeah. listening to Eisenhower, <laughs> <laughs> military strategies. It's it's. Uh, uh, I mean, this whole thing. He went and blew himself up, didn't he? So yes. so basically, the Americans turn up. He runs away and kills himself, and and they're saying they killed him. It's, right. It, well, I mean, know, it's a, you know, it's like a goal is still a goal. Oh, yeah, it? Even if you don't actually, it doesn't really matter how you get the goal. It's like an own goal. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> <that led to laughs> it. Uh, Trump pra- praised. Uh, um, th- this is more detail on the operation. Uh, they even didn't go through the front door. He said. Now you would think to go through the door. If you're a normal person, you say knock knock. May I come in? <laughs> but they blasted their way into the house through a very heavy wall. <laughs> Well, it's just lucky they don't get normal people to do these operations. Well, this is why they're special forces. They're not normal yeah. forces, are they? Yeah. <laughs> First thing you learn in the SAS. <laughs> don't ever use a door, even at home. <laughs> don't even look at that doorbell, son. <laughs> that's what, that's have to be paid a fortune. They have to rebuild the house three times a day. Um, Trump uh, added, uh, they were like, digga, 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 kaboom, digga, 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 and then it was like, Fiow! and it was so cool. Um, he praised the uh, a dog that was using the operation that sadly uh, uh, got injured and even tweeted a picture, that a uh, uh, sort of mocked up picture of him putting a medal around this that picture dog's neck. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Have you seen that picture? Yeah, uh, it was a guy who'd fought in Vietnam. Yeah, rescued was, ten people yeah, and yeah, injured yeah. in a firefight, blah, 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 blah. Get rid but of the, him. But round the... You, it's such a bad Photoshop that the... Uh, <laughs> And also the dog's classified one minute and then not classified the next and Trump's or whatever. <laughs> it's ama- it is amazing. Um, mm. I mean, this is the world we're in now. Though, yeah, yeah, and that medal has a paw on it as well. It's a medal of a paw, which is really, really funny. But it's the world, yeah, he says the world we're in. It's, it doesn't matter. You used to sort of... All the people now who are sort of trying to th- go, look, he's told a lie. Well, don't waste your time trying to bring him down by exposing he's told a lie. Yeah. He'll just go, yeah. Yeah, whatever. And I was, an, I, was, I was an astronaut this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My it dad is. invented zebras. <laughs> I, there's no point to expose it. He doesn't care. Um, 
I do feel sorry for this dog. A very badly timed take your pet to work day. Um, almost as badly timed as when I was working in that lion sanctuary and I have to had to look after Uncle Schmooley's pet baby, Wildebeest. Um, but also, Trump said, not only did he pay tribute to the Special Forces dog, uh, but he also said that uh, al-Baghdadi died like a dog. So what is the dog community thinking now about Trump's attitude... I mean, that's presumably left in the same state of confusion over exactly what Trump thinks of them as the human community. It's very confusing for the poor animals. Uh, Al-Baghdadi was four-time World Baddie of the Year. That's a hotly contested title. <laughs> so much competition these days, and it's so hard to quantify all the different skills on display from the leading contenders. Uh, but his death will no doubt bring an end to all the violence in the entire region and the war on terror in general, ushering in a new era of worldwide peace and tolerance, just like the death of bin Laden did. Have there been any politicians who've done the more classic, old-fashioned politician route and gone, although we had many differences, he was... <laughs> Baghdadi was a colourful character. Well, there was the whole thing, wasn't there, with the, with the New York Times or the Washington Post, where their, their um, obituary headline to start with was uh, promising footballer. Um, <laughs> That's an angle we can Promising footballer and devout cleric. Yeah. Uh, uh, Baghdadi dies. And... and uh, like well, yeah, okay. If you, we, we we can go that way if you want, but that's not the it's not the not the thing really that uh, that uh, we know him for exactly. It's really it was really really funny, and they had to, they changed it quite quickly that because they caught with their trousers down. But I mean, you know, it is it, this that thing of killing the 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 leader. The, what what it's it's pure purely symbolic, isn't it? Yes. You're not yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah, achieving yeah. anything, do you? Well, it's I, not even like killing the leader. Of, look, you know, I mean, if you could have assassinated Hitler in 1942, yeah, that would have been worthwhile, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have definitely uh, changed things. Yeah, yeah, not but, 1932, even more so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not in twenty-two. You might have just got away with it, frankly. <laughs> yes, maybe that. Maybe that'll be the Trump's next thing is just to assassinate random people <laughs> on the off chance they become dictators. <laughs> Eleven years later, I could see into the future, and he was going to turn out to be a really <laughs> bad man. But what? <laughs> um, uh, Trump also said that uh, Al Baghdadi died like a coward, and a transcript from the operation just released exclusively to the Bugle, does confirm that al-Baghdadi's last audible words uh, were, you can't shoot me, I have bone spurs in my heel. <laughs> ow, ow, sorry guys, love your work. Um, well, they have named his, uh, his replacement, uh, it's not Jose Mourinho, uh, it's, they've gone with Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qureshi. Um, so they've disappointed fans of 1980s British wrestling by not replacing al-Baghdadi with al-Jaant Haystaxi. Um <laughs> Was that worth it? I don't think so. Uh, but that's a, that's a I was wondering earlier on. I was wondering. There, there's not a big daddy. There's not a big daddy pun in this. Yeah, you're just quite right. It's impossible. <laughs> Promising wrestler. Is that that's probably what it really was when he was dying like a coward? Um, the new uh, the new leader. Uh, Al Hashimi Al Qureshi has yet to do uh, his unveiling press conference like football managers do. Be interesting to see what fresh ideas he brings to uh, the ISIS franchise because it's uh, it's been struggling for a while, really not getting the neutral fans on its side with its rather unattractive style of play. So, did he kiss the badge? What <laughs> <laughs> <I> hope so. <laughs> quiz time now. Uh, I've got a, a quiz question for you. Uh, gentlemen, uh, fill in the blank. A scientific report have shown that blanks have grandiose delusions about themselves and a complete absence of shame, empathy or guilt. Blanks infuriate other people but are less likely to be stressed themselves 
and have a tendency to trample over others and leave a trail of damage around them while seeming to be insulated against feeling bad about themselves. Blanks are also uh, prone to high self-confidence and a sense of self-importance. So are blanks A, narcissists, B, Tories, C, <laughs> D, all high-level politicians, E, especially some current presidents and prime ministers, F, movie moguls, G, primary school teachers, H, nuns, I, all men, J, not all men, uh, K, hamsters, or L, celebrity chefs. Oh, I thought it was lollipop ladies as you were reading it. Right. Uh, it's one of the mo more lukewarm introductions I've had. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it narcissists, Andy? It is, yes. Uh. They've done a scientific report. I mean, that is the correct answer. Uh, a and also B to L. Uh, yeah. Some of B to L. <laughs> maybe, maybe not the nuns and the primary school teachers. Uh, Queen's University in Belfast conducted a scientific study into narcissism and then typically publish the results to try and make everyone say, well done, you aren't you f***ing special. <laughs> when I do pieces of scientific research, I do the humble thing and keep them to myself, like my groundbreaking study on the impact on the human body and mind of going to 31 World Cup cricket matches in six weeks. <laughs> Turns out it works. Um, and also my study on the effectiveness of sacrificing 100 head of oxen to Zeus in order to get England to win a Rugby World Cup. We will find out how effective that is tomorrow. Um, anyone want an ox carcass? I've still got 80. If it wasn't for Halloween last night, I'd still have 99. Tr Trick-or-treating has never been so much fun. Or so logistically challenging. Anyway, what were we talking about before I went on that self-indulgent digression? Narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. The report found that narcissism is on the rise. Um, hard to see why that would be, other than social media encouraging us to show ourselves off all the time and political e economic systems that keep telling us how f***ing special we are. Uh, but, I mean, is, is this the... F are we going to... Just keep getting. I mean, the graph, the narcissism graph. Is it going to just carry on until we are all just eternally self-obsessed and sit by mirrors in darkened sheds? And would that actually be a step forward for humanity? I am. I'm on social media all the time, and I absolutely love it. And uh, so this, it feels like you've brought me on to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, is there? Any, is it? Is it necessarily bad narcissism? This is the well, and this is this is what the report's saying that it's it it's it, not necessarily bad for you personally as <laughs> as a narcissist, but um, yeah, it, it does. Uh, well, as we're seeing, I guess it depends how what you use what, your narcissism for. Yes, yeah. I wonder whether one sort of possibility because it strikes me that it's sort of it's, it's still a minority of people that are really arseholes, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, but so much of what we have to do in life is clearing up after <clears throat> this minority of like really i don't know three percent of our souls yeah. and i wonder whether one possible way out of this is to have an our souls island <laughs> and you just put all of them i i reckon the yeah, isle of white right could probably TV accommodate of the yeah yeah, yeah. you're all right could accommodate i'd be fair i'd go five million quid to anyone on the isle of white you really okay anywhere in the world but basically anywhere you want to go and then all these arseholes are just going round, shouting each other, you know, shit, f you, f***ing, writing horrible yeah. things about each other on Twitter and Facebook and calling each other wankers and not doing the washing up until all of Ventnor is just washing up. And 
and you know, we'll surround it with barbed okay. wire and snipers, and that's how they can't get out because they'll be going, Why should I have to go? All these anti freedom of movement people. Oh, I don't want to be free to go anywhere. I don't want anywhere to come here or go anywhere. I don't even want to go to the co op. And you can just stand there so no one can get in, no one can get out. They'll be perfectly happy. They'll have a cracking cricket team, though, won't they? That's where it's going to end up. <laughs> you know, we've tried this before with Australia. Right. Yes. <laughs> And 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 and, and now look now look where we are. Came back to <laughs> Sport now, and uh, it's the Rugby World Cup final tomorrow morning. Um, this is uh, this is very exciting. Uh, by the time you listen to it, it'll, it will probably have happened. Buglers. <laughs> Uh, the Bugle began its existence with an England-South Africa Rugby World Cup final in 2007. Will it end its existence with an England-South Africa Rugby World Cup final? That depends on who makes the final in the year 2207. But in the meantime, <laughs> there is another England-South Africa Rugby World Cup final uh, tomorrow morning, as uh, as we record. The oh, I heard the radio presenters this morning talking with an appalling complacency, and I thought... Oh no! Yeah, where's the victory parade going to be? No, <laughs> no, 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 no! Stop! No. Well, we should say that you know there's still work to be done here, but oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is not that's no good. No, well, I'm sure no Eddie good. Jones won't be giving it any. No, he won't be interested in any of that, will he? But uh... well, they're they're up against South Africa, who generally play rugby with all the joy of a 1970s Soviet missile parade. <laughs> and... <laughs> Basically, just attempt to grind their opponents with their sheer force of inescapable physical tedium, so that they end up questioning the purpose of existence and fall to their knees in a scrum, conceding a penalty. That's largely the way South Africa goes about goes about their their matches. So, how do England counter that then? Go uh, wide? Is it? Does that help? Ooh, what well, I, I don't know. How wide can you go? You, go out yeah, the don't, you, don't, you don't let them do the stalemate that they'll try and do because that's yes. what they just they they tr- they basically attrited Wales, yes. didn't they? They, but they then ground if, them if down. Both right. sides try to avoid a stalemate, then that becomes a stalemate of its own. Oh God! Um, so Brexit double, all over again. <laughs> negative stalemates. Yeah. Um, uh, South Africa captained by Sia Khaleesi, the first black captain of the South African rugby team. Um, so if they win, it will be a hugely symbolic moment for a sport, which in South Africa was so for so long a symbol of apartheid. But England have it within their power to crush that potential iconic landmark <laughs> for human equality. You know what? <laughs> that's, the, that's the same spirit. And when you go on a thing like... I, I did the Celebrity Chase last year, and I, I got 80 grand out of the opening stage, and then we lost the money. <laughs> And Paul Sinner afterwards is going, well, you know, uh, I'm competitive. What can you do? And like, I was going to build a f***ing orphanage with that money. <laughs> well, no, I was going to build a, I was going to build a school in rural Cambodia with that money. And now we can't build a school. Like, fucking yeah. knock it off, you wankers. It's a bit- <laughs> Because you got because you got the year that yeah. Sunset Boulevard was made one year out yeah exactly <laughs> and and you could see him relishing defeating us and he's like you absolute <laughs> anyway yeah. shouldn't be allowed well to be honest when we started this podcast I was not expecting Paul Sinhod to be called an absolute. <laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's a lovely bloke and everything but in that, would he in go that, on in the, that particular uh, clinch would he go on Island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shanklin welcomes Paul Sinner. <laughs> oh, even the <laughs> were going. He knows f-ing everything. He knows everything. <laughs> Asked him who won the ten pin bowling championship in 1920. Knew it. <laughs> I'll have to, to get him on the show to have a right of reply to this. <laughs> 
Uh, quick other bit of sports news. Um, the World Series was completed uh, this week in, uh, in baseball. Uh, the Washington Nationals uh, were uh, in the, in, during Game 5 in the process of going 3-2 down to the Houston Astros, at which point uh, Donald Trump appeared on the big screen in the stadium and was booed by the mm. entire crowd uh, in Washington who started up a chant of lock him up, lock him up, as he was hoist by his own twattishly infantile <laughs> batard. The Nationals were then blessed by some higher being and uh, rewarded uh, for their fans chanting truth to power and won the final two games of a bizarre series in which the home team lost all seven matches. So that just shows the power of sport. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That brings this week's Bugle to a close. Mark, Al, thanks uh, Thanks very much for... Always a pleasure. Me. Don't forget to book your tickets to uh, my Andy Zoltzman's 2019 The Certifiable History at the Soho Theatre from the 16th of December to the 4th of January. Until next time, goodbye. We will now play you out with more lies about our premium-level voluntary subscribers. <laughs> If Rob Abram were to become trapped in a Groundhog Day type situation, he would like it to be on a slow news day globally, ideally on a weekend when he had not much on so he could just kick back, relax, absolutely nail the cryptic crossword and occasionally make consequence-free prank phone calls to local radio stations. Simon Brook thinks the 1995 hit song One of Us by Joan Osborne should not have asked what if God was one of us, but should have asked a more interesting question such as what if ducks could speak Russian? Or what if Stalin had become a ballet dancer instead of a despot? Or more pertinently, what if God had a head like an orange? Niha Sami is pleased that we cannot hear the internal monologue of domestic cats and dogs. Niha does not think we would enjoy what we heard, and that if we knew what they really thought of us, it could do irreparable damage to the relationship between our great species. On a similar theme, Jacek Shuraski suspects that most emotional support animals don't really give a shit about the inner lives of their owners. Even if they're 20% as anthropomorphic as we like to kid ourselves they are, says Jacek, they're probably thinking about food, sleep and sex at least 99% of the time. Nick Rosansky uses an internet radio to listen to travel bulletins from notoriously vehicle-clogged cities such as Dhaka in Bangladesh. It makes Nick feel like he's driving really fast wherever he lives. Matt Robinson wonders what terms were used for officious types before the term pen pusher came into being. Perhaps chisel chasers or stylus sticklers, maybe even quill quibblers. We just don't know. Ben Alford wonders if there will ever be an unethical veganism movement for people who only want to eat vegetables purely for reasons of taste but are absolutely fine with humanity exploiting the natural world. Could aubergines be battery farmed, asks Ben. Well, why not? Imogen Cassidy likes to think that if she ever becomes a ghost, she would be a positive, encouraging one, trying to support loved ones in the living realm with motivational hauntings, rather than the hackneyed old pseudo-spooky negativity that so many ghosts seem to go in for these days. Philip Hand thinks there should be a compulsory period of meditation before anyone votes in any election or referendum anywhere, and that this period of meditation should last for a minimum of 10 minutes and a maximum of 5 years. If Rudy Millard ever becomes a member of the English nobility, whether by marriage, raffle or surprise discovery of an antecedent, he would like to title himself Baron Wilderness of the Soul. Samuel Price is not looking forward to Judgment Day, if it ever happens. Not because he has anything to hide particularly, but it just sounds like there would be a hell of a lot of hanging around waiting. 
there would, notes Samuel, be, quote, shitloads of admin to do for whoever ends up running the gig. And Rachel Scott Halls wonders, given that riding a bike is called bicycling, if former 1950s First Lady of the USA Mamie Eisenhower ever climbed on her husband's back while he was on all fours looking for something he dropped on the floor and shouted, Look everyone, I'm icicling. Here endeth this week's lies. The t-shirts and some added goodies will be sent out imminently. Apologies for the delay. My fault entirely. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.